I'm Amber Peterson, and you're listening to Mamas and Money, Episode 35, Spending. Did you know that creating confidence with your money will change your life? My name is Amber Peterson. I'm a mother, licensed financial professional, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you're ready, let's take this journey together. So today we're going to dive into the topic of spending and spending is something that's part of our everyday lives and it's an important part of what we do with our money because the way we spend our money has a great impact on ourselves and our families, but also an impact on our communities and the countries we live in and the world at large. But before we get into the topic of spending, I wanted to talk about an amazing woman of the world, Melanie Perkins. Now, you may already be familiar with Melanie's work. Melanie is the co-founder of Canva. So if you've ever used Canva, the Canva app to make postcards, posters, flyers, social media posts, it helps you create and design those things and send them out into the world or to get them printed very seamlessly. Canva actually started in Melanie's living room. It started back in 2007. And a little bit of background about her and her family. She's the daughter of an Australian-born teacher and a Malaysian engineer of Filipino and Sri Lankan heritage. And when Melanie was young, she actually wanted to be a figure skater. She wanted to do that professionally. And she talked about getting up at 4.30 in the morning, going to intense training sessions. And then as she grew up, she ended up enrolling in the University of Western Australia. And she was in a communications and commerce class. And she was teaching fellow students basic computer design. And back then, there wasn't a seamless way to design something on the computer and then take that information and take that design and then go get it printed at a local store. It was a very cumbersome process. So she had an idea. What if there was a way, an online tool to create design and then send it to the printing all in one seamless way. She says the idea of making design really simple was the first idea. And so she started out with this idea and she said, how can we make it grow? How can we make it possible? Now, Melanie does talk about that because she was in Australia, that was very far from a lot of the tech startup companies that happened to be in Silicon Valley. And she goes, how am I going to get the funding to get this idea off the ground? Because it was harder for her to get to those in Silicon Valley to give them this idea. So she tried to reach out to locals in the area and she said, okay, well, how can I find investors here? Now, what I find is so fascinating is she started to get to know those who were investors and they were also, one in particular was very interested in kite surfing. And that was very, very important to him. He was an organizer of a group of kite surfing venture capitalists. And she said, you know what? If I want a seat at the table, if I want my idea given to see if they are willing to fund it, maybe I should learn kite surfing. So she took up kite surfing so she could make those connections. And I love that she used what was around her and her surroundings. She learned kite surfing, right? She's right there on the ocean. So she could use that to her advantage to then connect with those that could help her with her idea. And she said to have that seat at the table, She wanted to do it even if it meant having to brave treacherous waters. And I think that's a really interesting way of putting it is that we need to sometimes go out of our comfort zone to then get to where we want to be. And she was willing to do that. 
And that perseverance has served her and in building Canva. And today, more than 20 million plus users from over 190 countries use the company's freemium. Basically, the web-based app to design everything from splashy Pinterest graphics to elegant restaurant menus, and it's all complimentary to the user. Today, though, Melanie is one of the youngest female CEOs. And as of January of 2022, Melanie's estimated net worth is $6.5 billion. And she and her husband, Cliff, haven't expressed a desire to then donate most of their fortune to charity. And her and her husband have talked about this and they said, you know, they prefer budget trips to private jets. And even when he proposed, when they were on a backpacker friendly trip, (laughs) he proposed with the $30 engagement ring. I thought that was so fascinating. Sometimes when we, we might perceive that those who make a lot of money want to spend a lot of money. And sometimes that's the case and sometimes it's not. So it's fascinating to learn about all different aspects and all different people and how they choose to spend their money. And I love kind of what she says here is that Melanie wants to prove that you can start and you can build and grow a global tech giant from anywhere. You don't necessarily have to be in Silicon Valley. You don't necessarily have to be in specific situations to start something that you want to build and grow so it can make the world a better place. And she says, we've done 1% of what I think is possible. Our company mission is to empower the world to design. And we really mean the whole world. So what started off as a simple idea has grown over the years to now something that could be a global and is a global venture. So there's a few things I wanted to point out about Melanie's story that I think can be relevant for us too. She started off with an idea, an idea of saying, how can we design something and get it to print in a very seamless transition? What would that do? How would that help people? So two, especially for business owners, we might have an idea. Start with that basic idea and say, how can we develop this to help make the world a better place? And sometimes it might not be on a global scale yet, but we can say, how would this help those I'm trying to serve? Then if it grows and if you want it to grow to a global scale, you can, but you start off with that simple idea. The next thing she did is she found unique ways to her situation to fund and to grow her idea. She knew to get this idea off the ground, she needed funding. And so she used what was around her and her resources and those that she could connect with in her area to then help her get her idea funded. So she took on kite surfing to then have the opportunity to connect with those who were into kite surfing, who were also going to fund her venture. Sometimes we will need to go into treacherous waters or do things that are uncomfortable to help us get to where we want to be. Canva has grown to a huge business, a huge business where now people around the entire globe are using this to help them create and to build other things to to help them and their businesses and their families for the future. And Melanie has built this since 2007 to today. Her estimated net worth is about $6.5 billion. And the way her and her husband have decided to spend their money looks more like charities and budget trips and not necessarily on some things we may assume 
a CEO worth $6.5 billion may use it for. And so it just shows that each of our spending habits can be different and that's okay. It's if those spending habits are serving us going forward. And as Canva grows, Melanie is trying to prove you can build a global tech giant from anywhere that if you have an idea and a vision, you can do that. And we've done 1% of what I think is possible. Our company mission is to empower the world to design, and we really mean the whole world. So what started off small has grown to a global venture where it's helping people then design and take design out into the world. And so I love that. I love that she had a vision and a goal, and she has worked on it and still continues to work on it to today. Let's talk a little bit more about women and spending. So there's a few statistics out there I thought was really fascinating to learn about and I wanted to share with you. And that globally, women performed an estimated $31.8 trillion in consumer spending in 2019. And sometimes I think when we say these numbers, it's hard to fathom what the amount of money looks like. <laughs> But it's, an, it's a huge amount of money. And the reason why I bring that up is because we as women collectively have a huge influence on where money is going because we have that spending power. And I know these other two statistics are more US-based, but it kind of gives you an idea of the influence women can have. And the first one is the purchasing power of women in the United States ranges from 5 trillion to 15 trillion annually. And then women make more than half of the U.S. population and control or influence 85% of the consumer spending. Women, the majority of the time, usually control what money is flowing out of the house <laughs> in their spending habits is what I'm referring to. So we have a great influence on where we say money should go and what we want to spend our money on. With that kind of collective spending power together, that can help us shape what we want to see the world become and what we want to spend our money on, which in turn helps those industries to thrive and to grow. Sometimes when we might think about doing our personal budget at home or where we're choosing to spend our money, we may not always think of it as on such a national or global scale. But when we think of all of us together working to make our families and our homes and our lives better, we're actually contributing to make the world a better place in directing where we spend our money, which I think is so fascinating and so empowering for us as women. What contributes to our spending? And if you've listened to this program before, we talk about mindsets and beliefs how that influences your spending and your money. And I'm going to give you some extra information that can add on to that today that might help you understand a little bit more about why we spend the way that we do. And our mind is like a file. So I have a picture here of a filing cabinet. So this is kind of what I picture as a file, although a lot of times nowadays we use digital storage. So you can even think of a digital file on a computer. In our files, we basically have them in separate areas and we contain all the information we need for those specific ideas or thoughts or information. So you might have a file on money. You store all your relevant information about money in your file. And then when an opportunity comes up, you go to your file about money, pull it out, and then you go through that information to decide if that is the right decision for you. 
And in that file, you add everything that you need and everything you've experienced about money. So it has things like your thoughts around money, your beliefs around money, the experiences you've had with money, your judgments of yourself and money and others with money and your mindset around money. So that's all contained in this file. So that comes with you as you're making new decisions around money. And using that file information, you decide if a choice is right for you. Now, your file only has what you put in it. So it may or may not be serving you going forward, depending on the information you've put into your file. Because you make that choice based on what you believe to be logical and sensible for you, but it may not always get you the results that you're looking for. And you may ask yourself, well, why wouldn't If I'm making a logical and if I'm making a sensible decision, why is it not getting me the results that I want? So let me give you an example where this could happen, where we may not get the results that we're looking for, even though we've gone through our file and it makes sense as a decision for ourselves. So let's say I'm shopping online. And as I'm looking online for some different things, I happen to see a pair of shoes that are on sale. Let's say they're 25% off. I have now an opportunity to say, do I want to spend money on these pair of shoes? So I'm going to bring out my money file in my mind and look through all of my things in my money file to see if this is a good decision for me. My mind file might say things like, you know, you've been looking for a pair of shoes to go with your dress. Do you also remember that your other shoes are getting really worn out and they don't look as nice? You really probably could use a new pair of shoes. Also, these shoes are on sale and because they're on sale, you're actually saving money because you're not, you wouldn't spend as much as you would if they weren't on sale, right? So if they're normally, you know, $50 and you're getting a 25% discount and I can say, well, I'm saving money. I'm not spending that 50, I'm spending less than that. So that might be in my money file. You might also have things in your file saying, well, I've worked really hard and I deserve to have something like that. It's nice to spend money on me every once in a while. So you're having all of these different things in your money file. You also have different beliefs that come out, your mindset around money. So maybe you might say, well, I don't know when the sale's going to come off. I might I might believe that this is such a limited time offer and I won't ever find shoes like this again. You might have a belief of scarcity that if I don't get it now, it's going to be gone. Or you might have a belief of, if I get this now, then I'll worry about the money later and I don't have to worry about it right now. It's not a problem right now. That can be looked at down the road. Whatever your thoughts and beliefs may be are going to be in that final and it's going to influence that decision that you make with your money. So I might come to all of these different conclusions in my mind and I might go, yep, this makes a logical and sensible purchase. I have money in the bank. I want these shoes. They're on sale, so I'm not spending as much as I would have. This is a great decision and I go make that purchase. Now, what we may not consider, we might say, hey, that was a great purchase. I saved money. This is getting me towards my goals. But if we looked maybe at a bigger picture, what if... I'm $2,000 in debt. Now my mind file says this is a good, sensible and logical purchase. But if I'm in debt, is adding more debt to that going to be sensible and logical for me moving forward? Is it really getting me to where I want to be? Or would that purchase, that money that I used for the shoes, would that be better applied 
to my debt. And that's sometimes where our minds can get a little confused. They might say, yeah, it's a sensible, it's a logical purchase. We looked at everything in our money file and it looks good. It it makes sense. But we may not have in our file how important it is to pay off that debt first before spending more money. And so even though we made what we felt is the right decision, might not be the decision to help us get out of debt and really have financial freedom that we're looking for. And also, this is going to be based on your goals and what you want to accomplish. If your goal is to be maybe more fashionable and be up on the trends, your mind file may be directed to complete those tasks. If you have a goal then to say, hey, I want to get out of debt. I want to have true financial freedom so that when I go to spend money and if I'm out of debt, then I don't have to worry about it. Then you have to decide, is the choices you're making getting you towards those goals? Now, this is just one example that we've created, (laughs) but we have decisions like this every single day because we're spending money, usually on a daily, if not weekly basis where we're deciding where that money is going to go. And those money choices reflect what we want to see happen in our lives. But we also have to consider, do we have everything in our file to be successful? So let's take a look about things that you have in your file around money. So once again, your file is made up of everything you put inside it. So you can always add things to it. You can always subtract things to it. This is the great thing. You have the power to do all of that. But things that you put in there is your life experiences with money. Have you made mistakes with money? Have you had successes with money? Have you seen how the decisions you've made with money have contributed to the life you want? Have you seen the decisions that you've made with money that haven't contributed to the life that you want? But those are all going to be in there and you draw from those experiences when you make new decisions. You also take others' life experiences with money. Have you ever had a situation with a family member or friend where they tell you about a situation with money and that influences then your decision going forward? So for example, they might say, I had this really unfortunate experience with buying this item and that might influence you to say, you know what, I'm not going to buy this item because my friend had a really bad experience with it, right? So then you take others' life experiences with money as well. And sometimes their beliefs and their mindsets around money, which I have down on the next point. So not only your thoughts, beliefs, and mindsets around money that you've developed, but you take on others' thoughts, beliefs, and mindsets around money as well. So if you're around those a lot of times that think money is scarce, that the economy is going down, that things are going to look bleak, you start to take on those thoughts and beliefs yourselves, which can then influence your decisions around money and what you want to do with your money. And you also bring in all the information and facts on money and spending and saving that you've gained over the years. So whether you've been maybe in formal education classes, or maybe it's been things that you have learned over the internet or things that you've learned from other people, you have information and facts on money and spending that also go into your file and contribute to those decisions. And like I said earlier, your file may need extra information or to remove some information to help serve you the best way possible. That's why I always think it's so good to gain awareness of your money and the influence it's having in your life. Because if we just keep our file the same and we don't ever add and subtract information, 
then it may not be serving us going forward. For me, for example, if I continually thought money was evil, money is the root of all evil, and I kept that in my file, that would limit me on what I want to do with money because I see it as an evil thing. So I needed to look at that for my own money file and say, you know what, money really is not an evil thing. For me, I added to my file to say money was a tool and is a tool that I can use to better my life and the life of those around me. And I had to remove from my file that money was evil. And that's something I saw in my own file that once I changed that perspective has helped me in my life around money. So how do we add new information to our file? Maybe if we notice our file isn't quite serving us as well, we're not quite getting to where we want to be with money, how do we add more information to our file? One of the things I found that has served me so much in my life is learn from those who are creating the results you want with money. They have already walked that path. They've already saw the pitfalls. They've already seen what things they had to overcome to get to where they are with money. And they can guide you through that process. They can say, hey, these are the things I encountered. Let me help you overcome those barriers as well. And I also think learning from those that have those results also helps you know it's possible for you too. Hey, there's nobody out there that has some magical powers that you don't have. <laughs> they have just taken the journey. They've taken the steps to learn what they needed to do to be successful with money. And you can do that too. And learning from them lets you know it's possible. The next thing, take some time to gain knowledge on money and what it can do from you. Sometimes, the, like I said, the information we put in our file can be outdated. And it might need to be upgraded. It might need to just get an update on what else is available now today. The information we may have received from parents and grandparents may have been more relevant to the time that they were living and thriving with money. And it might just be a little different today. Now, there might be some things, of course, that you want to hang on to they've shared with you that are also relevant. But there may need to be a few things that you need to learn and to gain to serve you better. And then notice in your life and reinforce the decisions that are helping you get to where you want to be with money. So for example, if you notice in your life, hey, there was a time I was saving. And when I saved an experience where a car broke down, but because we had been saving money, we were able to put that money towards our car and it was not as stressful. It was not as overwhelming because we had that money to take care of us. So maybe I want to keep saving. I want to keep having money for my future. That served me in the past. It will keep serving me today. Now, you might also notice some decisions that didn't serve you in the past and say, you know what? I kept spending my money on my credit card and I was having a hard time paying it off. And I noticed my debt kept getting bigger and bigger. Maybe that's a decision I don't want to keep. Maybe that's something I want to change now to help me move forward. So it's just gaining that awareness and then reinforcing the decisions that are serving you and helping you get to where you want to be. Also, and this is probably one of the most foundational that we talk about a lot here, is you redirect your thoughts and your beliefs that are not serving you to thoughts and beliefs that help you succeed, that help you get to where you want to be with your money. So instead of thinking, I'm not very good with money, can change that and redirect it to, I am learning to be successful 
with my money. And I think that is so important to recognize that we may not be where we want to be right now, but if we keep thinking we're not where we want to be, we're going to keep ourselves stuck. So it's just redirecting those thoughts into where we want to go, where we want to be, what's going to help us move forward with our money, that I can be successful and I will be successful and I will be confident in my money. And I want to do those things to help me get to where I want to be. So just even starting there in our own minds can make a huge difference and a shift to help get us to where we want to be. I want to leave these thoughts with you before we go today. And I want you to know that you already have the power within you to create what you want with money and to spend your money in the way that helps you, that helps your family, that gets you to where you need to be with your money. Now, no thought lives rent free. Each thought you have will be an investment or a cost. It will either move you toward happiness and success or away from it. And these are, this is why our mind is so powerful because if we continue to think thoughts, just like I mentioned earlier, that I'm not good with money, money is not going well for me, money is scarce. If we keep thinking those thoughts, it's costing us and preventing us from creating the life we want and creating the money that we want in our lives to help us have the life we want. But if we start to invest and redirect those thoughts to something that is going to serve us, I can be successful with my money. I create the life that I want to create. I am able to take charge of my money. All of these different things can then help be investments into what we think, into what we believe to change our money situation for the better. And thoughts have that meaning when you give them meaning. And unfortunately, more often than not, we give meaning to those that don't serve us because our brain somehow wants to keep us safe by helping us focus on those negative. That's why we always have to redirect and say, no, what can I create? What do I want to create in my life? And this is going to be a big influence on your spending because you already have the power inside of you to create what you want, to spend the money the way that you want. But also adding to that file of spending and all that file of money is only going to enhance the ability that you have to create confidence in your money and the way you spend your money. I'm so glad that we could chat today and talk a little bit more about spending and the influence that you can have for you and your families and the power you already have inside you to spend the way you want to create the life that you want. We'll talk to you next week. And if you're finding this podcast helpful, but you want to go to the next level in creating confidence with your money, head on over to amberpetersoncoaching.net forward slash courses. There we're going to help you create confidence in your money. And what does confidence do? It's going to help you make those decisions you need to make about your money and feel good about those decisions. It's going to help you generate more abundance and more income where we can look at what is your money mindset creating for you? And is that something that's serving you? Or do you want to create something more? I look forward to seeing you there and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me today. Please let me know if you have any questions or ideas of things you want to learn about in upcoming podcast episodes. 
You can reach me by email at amberpetersoncoaching at gmail.com. And if you find this podcast to be beneficial and is supporting you in your goals, please leave a review. That way others can find this podcast as well. I appreciate you and look forward to taking this journey together.